Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam, and I am so happy we just got a 5-1 victory in the Champions League. I'm here with the youth. What's up, guys? As Adam said, we are excited. What a wonderful game coming into the first Champions League of the season. After some terrible play last year and we ended up in the Europa League, I'm very happy that this game resulted the way it did. And we had some wonderful play from Lewandowski and Dembele, who has just really oh. gone off. Uh-huh. Oh, use <laughs> Lewandowski. Uh-huh. First hat trick at the Camp Nou yep. since Messi against Ibar in 2020. First hat trick in the Champions League for Barca since PSV Eindhoven Messi in August of 2018. And the craziest part about it, use is even with Lewandowski scoring the hat trick first time in a while for Camp Nou and for Barca in the Champions League. I can't tell who the man of the match is. That's how just mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant Usman Dembele was, right? And you guys know I'm the number one Dembus fan in the world, <laughs> self-proclaimed. You heard it here first. And to see him have this game and just come out and show, you know, how dynamic he is. And n- not just his ability to create assists, which we know he has. Not just his ability to dribble, which we know he has. But it really seems like he's taken his level up. When you look at that third goal, right, 46th minute, right before halftime, Dembele in the box, loses the ball. What does he do? immediately goes, gets a slide tackle, the ball back, and then crosses it beautifully to Lewandowski at the far post for that 3-1 goal. So overall, just overjoyed with how that front two worked. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to give credit to Dembele's wife, right? I mean, I don't know whether it's Javi, whether it's Dembele getting married, but something has happened in the man, and he has really turned to switch. I don't know if any of you saw his uh, interview midweek he gave talking about the team and how he feels, but I'm just so overjoyed to see how he's doing. Yeah. But let's get into the game. Uh-huh. Why don't you go ahead and lead us through the lineup and then uh, talk about sure. it. Sure. Javi really gave us a, a th- you know a whole different lineup that we've seen this whole season. Maybe some more of a feeling of preseason uh, playing and lineup. So we had Stegen. And on, on the right side, we had Roberto, Christensen, Kunde, Alba, Kessie, Pedri, De Jong, Fati, Lewandowski, Dem- and Dembele in the front. Um this was not so much something we have seen, right? Even the midfield, Kessie, uh, De Jong, Pause. and Pedro. Pause, use. Mm-hmm. It's not just that Javi gave us a different lineup. This is a quote from you this morning <laughs> at about, you know, an hour before the uh-huh. game. Dude, this is Looney Tune. So why don't you walk <laughs> us through why you thought it was Looney Tune and then how you think that, you know, Javi made it work. Sure, okay. Like I just said, we haven't seen this lineup, so I was very nervous. Last season, as I've already said, uh, we ended up going to the Europa League. We got screwed over by Frankfurt. We got screwed over in the Champions League by Bayern. All those previous seasons, I was just really nervous, and I was like, what kind of lineup is he bringing out all of a sudden? And I think you made a fair point when you said we do need to make these rotations, but we also didn't know exactly how this Pilsen team, the the champions of the Czech uh, League, we're going to come out and play against us. So I was, you know, very nervous seeing Kessie Pedri de Jong out in the midfield. I was nervous seeing Christensen, who hasn't got full time, even though I like him and I think he does a good job. I was nervous Fati starting his first game in the Champions League, even though I had commented that I did want to see Fati start a game, but not in the Champions League in our first match of the season. So <laughs> that's why I was like, this this is Looney Tunes. Where is he pulling this hat trick, uh, or not this hat trick, this trick out of his hat? Um and so, yeah, I was not 100% sure how this went out, turned out, but it turned out fantastic. And I think there's a two-sided coin here. And the first thing to address is some of our players did astoundingly well on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. As you gave an example of Dembele getting that ball back after losing it and then 
creating a goal right after that. We also saw that with Lewandowski dropping back and playing defense. We saw, um, you know, some of our midfield uh, forcing turnovers. So it wasn't just that, you know, our, our defense was doing well. Our offense was also astounding. And uh, Dembele, for example, and just always mm-hmm. hitting that cross, always finding the right man. Go ahead. It, it must be said, though, mm-hmm. right, that uh, Pleasant was not the best sure. team in the world. And, you know, as much as uh, I want to give accolades to the team for playing well in this game, you know, we were playing opponents who I don't think were at the level needed to come against, uh, you know, a bunch of world, world-class athletes. And so, you know, we have to take this a little bit with uh, a grain of salt just because we have Bayern coming up in Munich, uh, as you see on the side of the screen here, next week, right? I think six days from now. And so that will be what I consider the first real big test. But, you know, looking at the lineup, uh, there there was that, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but there was that cockroach, right? Which is Sergio Roberto. <laughs> Not because he's bad or dirty, but because dies. he's always around, right? <laughs> yeah, he never <laughs> dies. Sergio Roberto, till the end of time, will figure out how to make a Barca coach, start him as a right back. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the Dan in the Barcelona podcast last, uh, I think this pr- their previous episode, and they were talking about how, you know, a lot of Barca fans online were tr- saying Bellerin would be our out-and-out starter at that right-back spot when we don't play Kunde and Araujo there. And he was like, well, wait a minute, Sergio Roberto is always around, <laughs> and, you know, again, uh, again, Javi put him there, and and Sergio Roberto's looked hella good so far, right? I think um, I think it was the second goal. He was the one who dribbled the ball through the mm-hmm. open field. It had a lot of that reminiscent feeling of when Roberto did it against Real Madrid, and Messi scored that late uh, 3-2 goal at the end of the season, you know, five years ago or so. And so, you know, Sergi has been making an impact, and I'm excited to see him putting a good shift right like as much as Sergio Roberto has been the bane of our existence for some years because we didn't think he was up to the snuff to start in these big games hey he's putting in solid minutes and you know against lower level teams in La Liga and in the Champions League it's a perfect place to get some rotations and to get him up and running uh and then you know as I look at the lineup Christensen Kunde a little bit uh, not what I expected, but then I took a step back and I thought, well, Araujo was touching his knee an awful lot last week against Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Eric Garcia pulled up with an injury. So, you know, in terms of a center back pairing, Kunde and Christensen are one that I feel good about. Jordi Alba needs some time. Like I said, just before the transfer window ended, I thought he might leave so that he can get regular time to play the World Cup. But he started again today. Uh, and then in the midfield from the lineup side, I mean, I thought possibly we were going to see this fabled double pivot of Kessie and Frankie de Jong. But really, that's not what we saw as the game went through, right? So as we get into the game and we look at kind of what's important here, I think the, f- the first stat that really shows what happened is that Barca had a 76% uh, possession mm-hmm. rate, right, compared to 24 from Pleasant. And, and that's kind of the story of the game, right, is that Barca kept the ball for long periods of time. We were able to press and win the ball back in the opposing mm-hmm. half. And so, you know, whereas we're often worried, and this is the, the difficult defense for us to play behind, play against, is when a team sits back really deep and then tries to counter, right? That's the, 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 the way that these teams always seem to get us. Pleasant just didn't have the skills on the counter to really threaten us too much besides that one uh, counterattack uh, in the first half where our defense just fell asleep. And that is a, a problem we need to answer, right? Sure. I felt like our defense taking things too easily. And if we didn't have, you know, Lewandowski scoring two goals from outside the box and Usman Dembele having his possibly greatest game against Barca, uh, it is a bit worried how easily they counterattacked us, right? Because we go to Munich next week and I can guarantee you they're going to hit us on at least, you know, three to eight counters and if we have defense that just falls asleep Sergio Roberto not covering his man uh Christensen kind of caught in no man's land on the cross that's that's really gonna hurt yeah I think you know uh, part of the part that you're referring to is the first five minutes of the game where 
Uh, they countered us probably two or three times. And I will say a lot of those opportunities from Pilsen was uh, a mistake by Barcelona. I think there was one of them where Dembele was just warming up. He made a pass toward the middle, uh, the midfield, and it was just easily swooped up by uh, Pilsen. And then they pushed forward and were able to counter us. So I will say only the highlights of their team was... Uh, our mistakes. And I, as much as I can only say that that is a good thing, because if we don't make mistakes, that we won't have that issue against this team. But against a better team, they're going to capitalize on that opportunity much better. We can't afford to make mistakes against a team like that, at least not that easily and just a give and go, pretty much. And then three is that, um, you know, like these kinds of things are it, it didn't occur in the whole game, I should say. The And these the mistakes, the passing mistakes, the um, the lack of energy, all those things happened early in the game before our players really ignited. But as you said earlier, we had such possession against this team and we were able to run mm-hmm. through them. Their defense was open. There was uh, so many mistakes by their team. Well, I mean, Sergio Roberto, right, on that, on mm-hmm. that second goal, like I was just talking about, he literally just runs from the halfway sure. line all the way up <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the box, right? And I think... You know, it's it's hard not to be too critical of points that, um, you know, during these games. But I I think we did enough of praising Lewandowski and for Usman Dembele for how how just stellar they are, right? Lewin, uh, Dembele, I talked about defensively, he was really awesome, getting balls back, and then you know his ability to whip and crosses was great. Lewandowski again, just so clinical, finishing shots from outside the box and and his build-up play I think is what really sets him apart as we're just noticing more and more I see a lot of people online who thought you know Lewandowski at Bayern was just like a tap-in merchant as the kids like to say nowadays but really you know he's a he's a whole complete player who has an incredible knack for positioning and for passing the ball to you know other players making runs but you know one question I want to ask you use Right, and, and I don't want to get overly critical here because it's not necessarily a bad thing on the players, but the midfield today was a little bit of an enigma for me because, okay, we have seventy six point we have seventy six percent possession, mm-hmm. right? But I wouldn't say that Kessie, Frankie De Jong, or Pedri had you know one of their most notable performances, right? Mm-hmm. Kessie does score the goal to start the game off. Uh, shout out to Kunde who again gets another assist, right? Dembele for the first time in a while doesn't do the the thing we used to do with Messi where you take a corner and you pass it and then like you know two dudes are running around. He takes a nice corner from the 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 flag. He hits it into Kunde who's able to just give a nice header to le- let the ball off for Kessie to put it in. So Kessie scores a goal, his first goal. Um, uh, but besides that, I found him to be very absent from the game, right? Frankie de Jong, who was supposed to be the pivot in this game, at times I felt him to be out of position, um, not an entirely bad performance. And same with Pedri. They weren't bad, but they felt kind of absent. And I feel like it's a recurring theme that you and I discuss where the midfield isn't uh, showing up as strong as we have seen in years past. So what do you think that is about this game and, and why why were we not able to to see our midfielders play to the best level they could. Well, this game specifically is an outlier to me just because I think we had such high possession, we were able to retrieve the ball in their attacking half so often that our midfield didn't have to... Once they got the ball back, there wasn't too much work to do. Uh, We did see a few runs from our midfield, like Pedri uh, making a wonderful run on the left side. Um, I think he tried to connect with Lewandowski, but it was a little heavy on that pass. But other than that, once we retrieved the ball in their half, we were just able to move it around and then have, honestly, a heavy workload set on Dembele, who was just the the, uh, facilitator of the whole match. And so I I think, again, this game is an outlier for our midfield. If you want to compare it to our previous Mm -hmm. midfields, um, 
you know, it's also hard because, again, the lineup is so – it's vastly different. We normally have Busquets in the middle with Gavi and Pedri. And in this game, we had Kessie, who doesn't normally start with Pedri and De Jong. And De Jong's playing as that center position. So he's trying to just uh, manage the, the the middle of the field a little bit more. Um, like I said, the possession was already so high that I f- there wasn't much to really bring out of them. Um, it, it was almost like we were so dominant that it, it just killed – any like crazy highlights because we well, were doing so mm-hmm. well everywhere else. I think what I think what you're what you're trying to say, and I felt a little bit of the same way, which is that yeah, we we were just so offensively minded that oftentimes you know we would bypass our midfield and go straight to Dembele mm-hmm. or to Lewandowski up front because they were leaving a lot of space open in the middle of the pitch, and so you know it's just something to keep an eye on, right? Is that sure. uh, I do want to see. Pedri, Busquets, and Frankie de Jong, mm-hmm. right? As we as we talk about wanting to see Frankie de Jong more, because you and I are Frankie de Jong fans, <laughs> although Gavi is, is climbing up my list very quickly after that wonderful performance versus Sevilla, um, I feel like we still don't see Frankie, Busi, Pedri uh, really uh, very few minutes this season, and that's the midfield I think that will prove our, our best in big games like we have coming up against Bayern and Inter Milan. And so, you know, it's hard to judge Kessie when he's playing with, you know, Frankie instead sure. of Busi, right? It's hard to judge Frankie when he's playing with uh, Kessie instead of Busquets in the middle and then, you know, Busquets or then Frankie outright. And so I do feel a little bit like um, moving two pieces out of the midfield when we do rotations is a little bit uh, disorienting sure. kind of. And I feel like it's not letting us get, you know, midfield uh, continuity, which we are going to need up against Bayern. But I do think that Javi will kind of use this game coming up this weekend as the time to solidify, you know, who should play against uh, against Bayern. Um, you know, one other thing I want to talk about with this game is another conundrum. I don't <laughs> know if that's the right word I'm using to describe. I mean, I know what it means, but I'm not sure if it's exactly a conundrum. But Anzu Fati was a little bit absent today. Uh, you know, I you can tell, and again, not trying to be too hard on the kid. He's coming back from his injuries. He's slowly starting to get back into form. This was his first start mm-hmm. in like over 10 months, I think. Uh, but, you know, his speed is clearly not there yet as much as it was. He's He was never like, you know, a Dembele speed guy, but his speed definitely needs to, to, to quicken up. And then, you know, you compare the Dembele... Lewandowski Fati frontline to th- in this game to the Lewandowski Dembele Rafinha frontline we've seen before and it just feels like Rafinha offers a lot more up front right now and so you know I wanted to get your take on how you thought An- Anzu performed and then um you know whether or not against Bayern you think we should have him start or Rafinha I think he should have not started this game uh he did okay there was no particular highlights I think he had one shot on goal that uh, could have been pretty nice if he just uh, curved it a little bit more into the box. But other than that, I don't think he was um, had. He didn't have a lot of interplay with Lewandowski or even the left side with um, Alba. So I think there was a lack. Uh, I wouldn't say effort, just a lack of connection. Maybe he wasn't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> completely fit yet to start well, I this mean, maybe, game maybe he's starting right maybe as a sub in so many games we're seeing him come against tired legs that's true and that you know playing against fresh legs is a little bit different yeah i think that's possible and i think you're right in terms of it's just it just feels a little bit rusty so sure. far and so you know i just hope we continue to play him especially against teams like Fulzen, right and lower league teams in la liga to kind of get his match form up and to get him back and running because you know at the end of the day the two things i think are fati's biggest skills are one his incredible clinical shooting, mm-hmm. right? his ability to like put away opportunities, and two is his positioning. And so, you know, uh, that position part for sure comes with just more 
um, repetition right, yeah. with players and into being in these w- game situations. I will definitely say that this game solidified the fact that we had that previous video talking about Dembele and Rafinha on the right side, and we obviously chose Dembele, but like this game single-handedly just put the nail in the coffin there for me because he just did so astounding on the right side, and I still want to see him play with Rafinha. I think Rafinha does a wonderful job, and he's really... I exceeded my expectations. I remember in the preseason, right before we acquired him, I was kind of worried. Um, this was also when we weren't sure about Dembele staying in the whole time. But um, yeah, you know, coming against Bayern next week, I would love to see Rafinha instead of Fati. I didn't. I didn't even think Fati should have started this game. He should have started in La Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely. Rafinha, Lewandowski, Dembele coming into Bayern against Cadiz. Uh, Cadiz is not um, a team I really think we... I think we struggled once when we had... Be careful, <laughs> Yus. Be careful what you're about no, to say. No, I was going to say we... I think... Uh-huh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, in terms of my like last point mm-hmm. uh, and something that we shouldn't gloss over too much because it does make a big deal is that, you know, we're able to put out a rotated side, mm-hmm. clearly not our A1 side, and we're able to win 5-1 you know, in the Champions League group stages. And as much as this is a team we should beat, the last few years, the story has always been that teams we should beat, we don't always beat, right? Sure. So for us to be able to take out Busquets, who, again, for like the last 10 years, every time we take out Busquets, everything falls apart. For us to take him out and still beat a team 5-1 is really awesome to see, to see that we have Sergio Roberto, who, again, is not our first choice, is right back to come in and put in a solid shift, to see Kessie on his performance get a get a goal, to see Ferran Torres, who is just being dragged through the mud by, you know, people online and use uh, to see <laughs> okay. him get that nice goal <laughs> with the beautiful assist from Dembele. And Don't throw that in. whole Ferran Torres on me. I'm hoping that goal no. will kind of <laughs> bounce him up, give him the confidence okay. needed. <laughs> to get us back to the promised land. Wow, you sound like a snake Any with final that words one. Yeah, that was a snake <laughs> move telling me it's only me on the Farron train. Anyway, the only thing I want to say about Cadiz is that we did rest a lot of players in today's game. So we should have uh, a decent lineup for next game. But we also got to remember that we can't play all these players a full 90 if we're going to start them against Bayern Munich. Um I do think we need to g- capitalize on the La Liga points because Benzema has just got hurt and they haven't lost a game, mm-hmm. Real Madrid. So we're right behind them and we have to stay with them this season. Um, I don't want to... Stay above them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that positive talk out there. Okay. Hit that subscribe <laughs> button, please. Let us know in the comments what you guys thought about this game, about the performances, and we will see you after Cadiz. Thank you all so much. Thanks, guys.